From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Disneyland Edition for the week of March 14th, 2013. I'm your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Wayne Toygo, Mary Jo Mulatto willie Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. In this week's show, Tony asked for your help with his Disneyland Resort March Madness brackets, and Diz Senior Editor Leah Zanola joins us for part three of her personalized trip planning segments. All that plus this week's news, Roundtable Rapid Fire, and our Disboard's Thread of the Week on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone. Hello. How was your Hello. week? Hello. Hey. In the, um, what's it called? Housekeeping, sorry. I, since we're doing another segment with Leah this week, I want to mention we're still taking emails. If you want to be the next victim focus of our Personalized trip planning segments, email us, dlpodcast at wdwinfo.com. We are looking to, for someone to follow in Leah's footsteps and come on the show with us. And we're looking for someone probably late summer, fall time period going to Disneyland. So, because we want to spend a little bit of time planning with you. I also got a mission coasting for kids. We are, as of this recording, up to six people on the East, on the West Coast team. East Coast team only has three people on it, but they're raising they're raising a little more money than us, so we got to get on that. If you are interested, go to coastingforkids.org and sign up. We are coasting here at Knott's Berry Farm. Also, you can coast at uh, California Great America up in the Bay, the Northern California. Um, and there's a couple others that are on Team West, which is in Missouri or Minnesota. And then every, the rest of the country is Team East. Even if you're there, go ahead and go to your nearest Cedar Fair Park, raise money for Give Kids the World, and have a lot of fun with Dizzers. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. Mary Jo, you ready for it? I am ready for awesome. it. Awesome. Have you decided, Wayne? No, <laughs> I I don't know if my schedule is okay. going to allow it for up here. The only question is, can I make it for down there? Right. Right. How about you, Michael? That would be fun. Still, still um, debating? No, I, I won't be able to make it down okay. there because I'm going to be at Disneyland the following oh, week. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Addicted to that park. Yes. Um, any other housekeeping? I just have a quick one. Uh, uh-huh. Recently, the the Disneyland Divas had a their big get-together. Yeah. They're, you know, this was, I believe, the sixth. A year that they've that they've done it. Mm-hmm. I could only join them for a short time, but sixty women went. Um, they had a lot of fun. I want to give a couple of shout outs to Beth Uranga who organizes the whole thing for everybody, and Melody um, who's Tinkermel on the boards. She blinged out forty seven shirts for the ladies this year, and Aww. yeah, and every year the group picks a. A, a theme, and they pick a design. They they be, among themselves they design it. They vote which one they want to get. And Mel will um, have T-shirts printed, and then she blings them out for those of us who want them. And she only charges what it costs to do it, of course. Otherwise, you know that she'd have to be rich to do this for everybody. And the shirts are beautiful. So, you know, between that, the scavenger hunts that they have, and all of the fun. 
they're going to start planning for next year, for 2014, and they usually have it um, February, March. So for all of you gals, 18 and over, who would like to join um, this group, jump on the thread and the Disneyland Community Board and and just join in. And a lot of people go who don't know anybody, and you will find that you make friend, you can make friends forever in that in that group. So I just wanted to to just uh, say hi to everybody on there. They there's a lot of uh, listeners to our podcast on on the sh- of the Disneyland Divas. So. Yeah. Hi, girls. <laughs> Thank you, Ladies. <laughs> hey, now. Thank you, Mary Jo. We can all be girls at we can all be girls at different times in our lives. Well, that's true. <laughs> Not all of us. <laughs> oh, Tony. <laughs> uh, Got to mention Diz Cruise 1.0 on Royal Caribbean that is coming up in August. Um, if you want information about that, go to our webpage, and we should have links there or contact. Tracy Heinrichs, T-R-A-C-E-Y-H, at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hey, if you really want to go on a cruise, go with me to Alaska on the Wonders, July 29th. Um, if you want to go with me, email my personal travel agent for this trip, Tammy, at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. She'll hook you up. If you want to get a hold of the podcast team, that's DL Podcast at www. DL Podcast at www.info.com or check out our show notes page, disunplug.com, where there are links to all our shows and anything we talk about. Chat night, Wednesdays, 9 p.m. Be there. And I think I've covered everything. Except you didn't ask if anybody else had more rapid fire. Uh, Housekeeping. Housekeeping, whatever. Hey, Tony. Housekeeping news, rapid fire. I'm on a podcast. This is a podcast? Tony, do you have a housekeeping? Yes, I do. Go ahead. I do have a housekeeping. We have multiple Anthrax fans now. <laughs> yes. yes, we do. Yes. Thank so, you, all of you. So now I'm thinking, you know, we have the, the divas. Why not <laughs> turn this into something bigger? So I want more Anthrax. I don't even like Anthrax. I'm not against Anthrax, my two Anthrax fans. I like heavy metal and, you know, all my hard rock and stuff. But I'm just thinking that maybe we're on to something. So we'll be the, keep coming. The, the we, heavy metal podcast? Well, no, maybe we become a group and we hang out and go right. to Disneyland and compare tats, which I don't have, but, you know. Th- that's got days. Oh, no, but this is anthrax. This, oh, is, okay. this is heavy metal. This is, okay. you know. So, but, yeah, we have two. So if you, anybody's listening and you're an anthrax fan, now it's become kind of its, at least in my mind, a life of its own. So we're not going to have to have a meet. A, a couple more people, we're going to have to have a meet. And then maybe we expand it to, you know, maybe we have gangster rap groups and Right, that's my next. That's the next one. Anybody's a, a gangster rap fan. That's the next one. Nice. So, anyways, <laughs> any other housekeeping? I have housekeeping. Go, go ahead. <laughs> Trips uh, on this... rapid fire or news? Because I know that <laughs> I have no idea what the difference is. Obviously. <laughs> um, as a follow up to my segment on the Walt Disney Studios restoration team, preserving, um, starting to preserve live action films. Yes. Um, they have. Um, completed preserving who framed roger rabbit for the 24 it's 25th anniversary and the academy of motion picture arts and sciences will present this new digital restoration of the film um, on thursday april 4th at 7 30 p.m at the samuel goldwyn theater in beverly hills in addition there's going to be a panel discussion 
that's going to feature director Robert Zemeckis and members of the cast and crew, including actress Joanna Cassidy, voice actor Charles Fleischer, who was Roger, um, supervising animator Andreas Deha, um, screenwriter Peter S. Seaman, and associate producers Don Hahn and Stephen Starkley. A Starkey, I should say. The panel is going to be moderated by director Rich Moore, who received an Oscar nomination for Wreck-It Ralph this year. Um, so you tickets for Who Framed Roger Rabbit are $5 for the general public and $3 for academy members and students, so, which is a great deal for something like this. Yeah. And you can purchase tickets online at oscars.org and in person at the Academy box office. We'll have a link um, to this also in our show notes. Sounds like a great time. Yeah, and cheap. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, Michael. Any other housekeeping? All right. Over oh. to... Uh-oh. Okay, I'll catch one real quick. Um Almost remember a few weeks. Remember a few weeks ago, we talked about um, having breakfast over at Carsland and at um, Flows, and nobody had eaten there yet. Apparently, well, guess what? I did that. Okay. I actually did it. And thank you, Nancy. What? No, no, go ahead. No, no, no. You said <laughs> nobody had tried the. I thought you were the, done. Oh, never mind. Fine, just edit it out. Fine. Okay, finish. <laughs> no. No. I won't tell you how wonderful that French toast was. Okay, good. (laughs) Anyway, I'll save that for another time. All right, over to Tony with the news. And in news, Nancy ate at Flo's VA Cafe. (laughs) (laughs) Did she like it, Tony? We're still researching and investigating. Yeah. Okay, in news... In Anaheim, volunteers mixed concrete, shoveled wood chips, and assembled swings and slides Monday as they built a new playground in Schweitzer Park. The playground is Anaheim's third... Is that new Schweitzer Falls? Uh, no. Okay. No. I had no good... Witty comeback. That's good, because I said Anaheim wrong and everybody covered that up. The playground is Anaheim's third from Kaboom, a nonprofit group that promotes and builds playgrounds across North America. Its Anaheim playgrounds are also supported by community members, the city, the YMCA, and Disney. Schweitzer was chosen to get a new playground because its existing one was old, and the organizations wanted to do a project in West Anaheim, said John Gostafero, a spokesman for Anaheim Family YMCA. The park was designed by children from Dr. Albert Schweitzer School in January. Some ideas, including a giant fish, didn't make it into the final plans, but others, including a zip zip line, were included in the project. Students also helped out at the park, painting decorations. Erica Thomas, an 11-year-old sixth grader, painted square plaques that will be hung on a fence, as well as direction signs with fake street names like Hero Avenue. It's really fun, she said, and it's good to get out of school. And this is a school in my district, so that's exciting to have that connection. I'm going to discuss with this student about getting out of school, but I'll I'll let it go this time. So, yeah, that's exciting. Disney does do a lot in the community that I don't think I know we always promote, but I don't I think sometimes especially the anti Disney people don't ever don't maybe give them the credit they deserve sometimes. Little commentary. Right. Excellent. And in and uh in news that Tom will not be able to say excellent after. Man pleads guilty to selling fake Disney pins. Excellent. <laughs> Larry James Aldred, fifty eight of Walnut, faces eight years in prison. A walnut man pleaded guilty to illegally importing counterfeit Disney pins from China and selling them over the Internet as collectibles, prosecutors said. 
Larry James Allred, 58, pleaded guilty to one count of trademark infringement with sentencing enhancements for property loss of more than $200,000. Oh, jeez. Okay, it gets worse. He also admitted to a 1975 prior strike conviction for rape and a 1978 prior strike conviction for kidnapping and rape, rape, the Orange County District Attorney's Office said. Well, Allred is expected to be sentenced to eight years in prison in order to pay $201,000 restitution at his July 15th sentencing, prosecutor said. Co-defendant Robert Edward Smirak, 54, of Anaheim, pleaded guilty about 17 months ago to one count of trademark infringement and was sentenced to one year in jail and three years probation in order to pay restitution, the district attorney said. I think we had talked about the story back when it first broke, and now he's going to jail. So... Yeah, now now where's your excellent, Tom? I have nothing for you. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, that's the news. Thank you, Tony. Time for rapid fire. Let's head over to Mary Jo. Well, one of my favorite attractions is going to be celebrating its 50th anniversary um, at um, the Disneyland Resort. And they're going to have on June 28th and 29th. It, oh, it'd be nice if I told you which it is, right? It's Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room 50th Anniversary Event, happening June 28th and 29th at the Disneyland Hotel in the Exhibit Hall. Um, it's called the Jose Package for $85. Registered guest event um, event guests will be able to have the opportunity to purchase Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room 50th Anniversary Event-themed merchandise via the random selection process. So on June 28th, um, it goes from 5 to 9 p.m., and they have early registration, event store and random selection process, merchandise pickup, and the trading area. Then on June 29th, from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., they're going to have the merchandise pickup, artist signings, silent auction, trading area and activities, and commemorative gifts. So early, um, they have uh, people who register early will get an early birdies pin. There, so. so basically, you're paying for the opportunity to buy merchandise. Exactly, but it's wow. but it's it's Tiki Room 50th anniversary merchandise. Ooh. Isn't there something too where you pay even more and you can have a cocktail with Shag? Yeah, it's for only a hundred and eighty-five dollars. Yeah, you know, the Shag cocktail for that much money, he bet that he better be having that party in my living room. <laughs> he better be bringing the Jose over to you, right? And and then and then if they don't sell out the merchandise, it appears in the park the next day. Uh-huh. For anybody to purchase, I don't know. What do you guys think of these events where all it is is a merchandising opportunity and you're paying all this money? The problem is, it's, go ahead, Dwayne. It's pretty typical. They've been doing it for years. Yeah. Um, they usually try and mix it in with something that is at least somewhat unique. I went to one. It was a number of years ago now. It was back in 2009. It was for the Haunted Mansion's 40th anniversary. And it was ostensibly a merchandise event, and there was a very high-priced ticket that was associated with being able to gain access to being able to buy these specialized merchandise pieces. But in addition to that, they combined a guest panel. Um, they had this marvelous dinner that night. There was all kinds of special event activities associated with the event itself. Typically, some of the smaller merchandise events don't have that large a production. Some of the, you know, larger ones will. But yeah, this is this is kind of typical for for these kind of events. And 
Disneyland annual pass holders are nothing if not shoppers. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. These these befuddle me. These events. But there's <laughs> there's people who go to them, and there's people who who will pay. Like Wayne was saying, although, although the if I remember correctly, the haunted mansion one sounded really cool. Mm-hmm. That one. I know people who went to that one that Wayne was talking about, and they enjoyed it. The only thing that bothered them was a lot of that merchandise was available in the parks. A short that's time my later. issue. That's and my that's issue. Not, you know, I'm not defending Disney merchandise, but even that is well advertised. What is limited av- availability? What is exclusive to the merchandise event? You do have to go, you know, you have to go as a knowledgeable shopper. Um, I picked out a couple of items at the one I went to. One of them I knew would be, uh, would appear in the parks in two weeks, but I have the, I have the knowledge that I bought it at the event, and then I have my exclusive one, which, you know, was only sold at the event. So, you know, you, 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 you decide whether that's worth it to you. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Mary Jo. Michael? Well, World of Color is more popular than Princesses, or at least more profitable at Disney California Adventure. Um, Ariel's Grotto's restaurant is going um, through a few operational changes temporarily from March 22nd to April 14th, which may please some and annoy others. Um, the World of Color dining packages are returning, but the princess greets for dinner are being temporarily discontinued. Um, the return of the World Color dining packages um, once again um, will be with dinner and will give a premium viewing option, but it comes with the cost of losing the princess meet and greet um, to the meal. The princesses will still be available during breakfast and lunch, and there's now going to be later seatings um, for lunch that will be accommodated. Um, also, um, for folks who enjoyed watching the world of color at the cove bar you can now do so without having to pay the ten dollar cover charge and the one drink minimum requirement that's nice mm-hmm. I, although i i have well, once the word gets out i have a feeling that um people are going to be holding those seats you know they'll they'll grab their cocktail or their whatever snack and they'll be sitting there waiting for the show to start yeah probably those princesses are sure working hard. Not only are they at, you know, Ariel's Grotto, but they're over there at Fantasy yeah. Fair. That secret tunnel is getting used. Over <laughs> yeah, really. Do, do they look disheveled when they get into the? Into <laughs> Mary Jo. <laughs> Mary Jo. I'm. No, I'm, I'm talking about running. You know, and the hair and the. <laughs> well, you heard they're building utilidors under the whole Disneyland Resort. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. All right. Thank you, Michael Wayne. From New Year's to Memorial Weekend is refurbishment time at the Disneyland Resort, and this month, several of the attractions that have been down for improvements will be reopening. At Disney California Adventure, Disney Junior Live on Stage reopens March 22nd with new scenes. The show is based on the TV shows from Disney Junior and is primarily for preschool kids. Also at DCA, the Silly Symphony Swings reopens March 15th. At Disneyland, the Monorail and Autopia had short refurbishments, but should be back open by the time this podcast airs. 
Goofy's Playhouse in Mickey's Toontown also reopens after a short maintenance. And Mark Twain's Riverboat reopens March 28th after getting a brand new deck. So, looking forward to the end of refurb and everything being open. Excellent. Thank you, Wayne. Uh, Nancy? Okay. Well, you know, it's getting to be that time again for Mother's Day. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, we have a lot of pe- a lot of people who are planning their vacations into May who are really excited about it. And since Mother's Day is May 12th, they're going to look for something special to do at the Disneyland Resort. And one of the things that is special that we've talked about before, besides the Disneyland Hotel's Mother's Day brunch, which is pretty phenomenal, um Catal is also offering us uh, its own Mother's Day menu, and that is from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. that day, and they've got an incredible-looking list of appetizers, entrees, and desserts, It's um, and you get one of each, $45 per person, and there's a children's menu available for $16.95 a person, and you can add bottomless mimosas to it for an additional $12.95. Cool. So, check it out at uh, patinagroup.com and head on over to Catal's page. Excellent. Thank you, Nancy. I will go next. Um, couple, couple quick food-related ones. The Plaza Inn birthday party starring Pat E. Cake is being con- discontinued after March 17th. Oh. Uh-huh. So, that will be, that'll give more time for breakfast and lunch over at the Plaza Inn, but it is going bye-bye. Um, other quick one I wanted to share is the peak periods for dining, for character dining, which increases the price of your character dining. Those for spring break started March 8th and go through April 14th. And then summer price, summer peak pricing is June 7th through 8, through August 18th. If you travel during those times, expect to pay more for Goofy's Kitchen, Ariel's Grotto, um, Minnie and Friends, etc., all the character meals and buffets. So I just wanted to pass on that information. And Tony. Okay, well, I know Nancy went ahead and went to Mother's Day. I'm going to go back a little bit to Easter. And for those of you that are coming into the Disneyland Resort and would like to maybe drive a little bit south, during Easter for some other brunches. There are brunches available at the San Diego Zoo, the San Diego Zoo Safari Park, and Shamu. Not in Shamu, but um, next to Shamu. Sorry, SeaWorld. Not in, you wouldn't be eating in Shamu. Um, at the, uh, hello, hello, hello. Thank you. <laughs> I know, nobody, yeah, hello. That was, okay, anyways. Thanks for helping me out, Tom, because nobody well. else seen. Okay, so at the San Diego Zoo, from 11 a.m. to 1 on Easter Sunday, you can bring friends and family for a what they call a bountiful springtime brunch. Wow. You'll dine in the Safari Park's Hunte Pavilion. It's $39.95 per adult, $18.95 per child, ages 3 to 11, plus park admission for non-members. So, and you, they have a um, number to call for, it's on the website, and a number to call for reservations. So that's at the San Diego Zoo Safari Park in Escondido, which is northeast of San Diego. And you can also dine with Shamu, Easter brunch for Shamu. And that is, of course, at SeaWorld, San Diego, and it's $59 oh. a person. 
Well, I mean, you get Shamu. According to the picture, Shamu is just on a continuous loop jumping out of the water nice. while you're eating. But um, So there you go. If you want to dine with Shamu for Easter Sunday, you can for 59 bucks a person. And then lastly, at the San Diego Zoo, they're having an Easter Sunday brunch also, which goes from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., and it's a buffet brunch prepared by zoo executive chef Chris Merguey and sure. Albert chef Charles Bucas. Nancy, did you know them? Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. Um, and it's thirty. Um, it's thirty nine ninety five a person for adults, eighteen ninety five for children, plus tax and gratuity. And um, it's continuous seating from eleven to three. And what's beautiful is that when you click on their menu to see. You get a bunch of script instead of PDF, so they might want to work on the advertising there, but if you want to go (laughs) a little further south, and also, because I know the Disneyland one can be pretty crowded, you could drive and get a little drive and go to some of the places in San Diego, so there you go. Well, I guess next week I'll have to talk about the other Easter events in LA then, since Tony beat me to it this week. (laughs) No, I didn't beat, no, Los Angeles. I'm talking about San Diego. San Diego. I hear hear Well, you beat me to the topic of Easter. I hear Shamu tastes like chicken. There we go. Ouch. Ooh. <laughs> on, that, on that note, all right, that's rapid fire. If he tastes like, if he tastes like chicken, then it should, then they're way charging way too much. Too much, exactly. <laughs> that right. was very foul, Michael. Time for the thread of the week, Mary Jo. Oh goodness. Um, I this week I chose um a thread called "Would you still use a stroller at Disneyland for a four-year-old?" This always, this topic always raises um, some controversy when people, people with strong opinions, and as every other time this topic is brought up, people, it started off really nice, and then people started um, chiming in with they didn't think that it was a good idea. But this person writes, "Hi there, I'm new here. We're taking our kids on our first family trip That's to Disneyland." That's just asking for trouble. I know, right? My daughter will be. Um, 16 months old, and my son will be four while we're there. We're debating whether to take two strollers or just one. He has a lot of stamina, but it's so much walking. On the other hand, if he doesn't want to ride, it would be a pain to drag around and could impede us from making quick moves, like trying the wide white theory for Radiator Springs Racers, which we haven't talked about on the podcast. But um, this is by Jack C. 82 on the Disneyland board. And so I just kind of wanted to pull, what do you guys think about Taking strollers for let's say four and five year olds Ooh. in the park. And Nancy, you have young, young. Your daughters are a little bit older now, but when they were at that age, what did you do? We actually transitioned to walking at that point. In all honesty, um, we were so happy to get rid of our double stroller. But since they, they've got a much wider age discrepancy than we did, and my first thought is, if they have a double, that just take be, the double. Yeah. Just take the double. It's so much easier. It's not hard to get a double stroller around the parks, and you'll find that it'll just be easier on you, especially with all the stuff you have to carry for the little one. Um, And you know what? It's probably just going to be a little bit easier on you if you do. No one will look at you twice and, and all that. For us being locals, for the amount of time we spent in the parks, it was much easier to have our girls walk. And really, they adapted to it quite well and quite quickly. Remember, Disneyland isn't as big as other places you go. It's not as hard to walk as the zoos. 
in town. It's, you know, certainly compared to the San Diego Zoo, it's a piece of cake, as we were telling Leon on yeah. our planning show. You know, you don't want to take a, a stroller to the San Diego Zoo. However, the Los Angeles Zoo, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't have gone without, with kids that age level. Or I should say without, you know, especially with the baby. So, I don't know, it's, I think they should walk as much as they can just because it's exercise, it's good for them, and it'll get out their excited energy to have them walk. Although, you know, you're going to have times when it's crowded that you're going to want to pick them up and carry them through certain areas, especially at the end of the day when everybody's hurting out of the park. So, you know, it's... I see pro, I see both ends of it. It just depends how long you're going to spend in the parks at a shot. If you're going to do lots of hotel breaks, great. Then, you know, you might not need to worry about a double. Yeah, I was thinking because when my kids were, were that age, we did not use a stroller. And when I was that age, they, my parents certainly didn't have strollers for us when we were four years old. And, yeah. and so we were, I think my brother was three, I was four. We were walking everywhere. But then I thought, you know, the difference between Disneyland back then and, and today, today it's two parks. And yeah. people are, if you're, you know, the people just, I think they strategize their visit a little bit differently and they, between the shows and going park hopping and, and, um, you know, running to get fast pass, et cetera. I'm just thinking that things have just changed where more people are using the strollers for, maybe that's why there's so many more strollers today than it's, it seems than there were before. I would I would agree with you that that's part of it. You know, plus people were a stroller culture. You know, we we like to put all of our you know we like to haul a lot of stuff with us compared to like the Europeans and and you know people in all kinds of other cultures. We carry a lot of crap for our kids, <laughs> a lot more than any other culture, and so you know because we believe we need to have twenty thousand things for them. That's whereas, true. Whereas you know our parents didn't do that for us when we were when we were that age. No. So, you know, that's part of it. And pe- plus people feel, I guess, that they have their children more under control in a stroller, you know, they're li- especially their younger ones, as opposed to holding hands. You know, they think, well, the younger one could just run off. and So if they're in the stroller, they're more contained. I don't know. I- it's There's lots of different viewpoints and lots of different opinions. Yeah. I think people would be able to enjoy the parks better for the, with the kids if they didn't have a stroller because when the kids get tired, that's where you would sit down and you would, you know, instead of rushing yeah. from one place to another, you are slowing down for your child and you are taking time to, you know, sit on the bench and chat or sit and have an ice cream or, or do something together as opposed to the kid in the stroller and the parents, you know, yeah. running around. So, well, hey, guys, that- go ahead, Nancy. I was going to say that leads to my my big thing of when you have younger children like that let them guide their experience. Yeah, it isn't necessarily all of, it isn't all about you for what? once, you know when you've got kids. No, 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 I disagree. I disagree, Tom. I'm with you on that. Uh, you so, know, it, so, so you guys are for for the, taking the kids in the strollers at age 4 or 5? No, we're all about us. <laughs> <laughs> I got that. You know, let the kids, let the kids, you know, show you what interests them. It's, it's such a different experience and yet people, 
have successfully made it made the other type of touring a family affair. You know, that's that strategy has certainly worked for Tom. You know, West is a little demon when it comes to doing attractions. But he's some so kids much, just he's, aren't. He's so much fun. We I had dinner with uh, Tom and Christine West uh what a couple of weekends ago, Tom? Yeah. yeah. And and Wes had me cracking up. Very, very funny. I'm looking forward to our coast to coast. Yeah, that's gonna uh, be fun. Yeah. Our, you, our, you, our, you, you can ride with him. Heck in, yeah. In his stroller? Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, oh, that's right. Tom and Christy can push Wes and me in strollers. But um, <laughs> let me let me ask the guys, what, now, what do you think okay, about Okay, so if the question was, I have a four-year-old, should I bring a stroller? The answer would be yes, but that wasn't the question. The question was, I have a four-year-old and a, what was it, 16-month-old? 16-month-old, mm-hmm. That's a whole different question. Yep. I mean, if you, if it was just the four-year-old, I'd say, heck yes, bring the stroller. But if you already have a stroller and you're talking about bringing an additional stroller or a double stroller, that really complicates the issue, and I'm not sure what the answer is. Well, that's mm, I, I don't see the double stroller complicating it that much more than a single stroller. If you don't and, already have the double stroller? Well, then? if you, I mean, if you don't already have the double stroller, that's one thing. Yeah. And, Disney, and to let people know, Disneyland used to have double strollers. They don't have them anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's another option, is you can bring your own stroller from home. If you feel like you need a second stroller at any point in the day, it's really easy to just walk outside the gate and go rent one and bring it back in. We did that in Florida one time. West was five and a half, maybe. And we went, and I I said, oh, we're not going to need a stroller. We're not going to need a stroller for this trip. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. So then we went to Animal Kingdom, and, you know, two hours in, he's be, you know, tired, it's like, okay, we're renting a stroller, so I think two or three days the rest of the trip we rented strollers because, you know, that was just too much walking. Well, that's a good point, too, especially if there's two parents, because I don't know if this person's going to have her partner or husband with her, right. but um, if, if there's two adults, maybe they want to start off with the walking, and if their young child gets tired, then they can just go rent a stroller at that time, yeah. you know, that's a good that budget for the option. Michael, what do you think? No, we didn't take our children to Disneyland until they were like six and seven, so we were out of the stroller business. The interesting thing is is that yeah, our granddaughter, we're taking her for her fourth birthday in May, and it never occurred to me that we would not bring a stroller. I can't imagine her having the stanima, stanima, stamina <laughs> to... To, yes, to get through without at least needing a stroller at some point. So yeah, if you're I, there full time, then it's definitely a stamina issue. Yeah, I mean, we go back always for a nap for her. But, um, yeah, I would say bring it. But I, I agree with you, Nancy, that encourage the child to walk as much as possible also. I mean, they're also full of bubbly energy, that it it just helps them get it out in in certain directions, right? And it lets them do things. And it lets them do things like feel free to like walk up to the white rabbit's door and and twist the hand. You well, know, I don't try know if I'd let him go to anywhere near that white rabbit. That's what I was Well, I tell you, we take a picture every single visit of the the girls in front of the white rabbit door. And we've been able to gauge and watch their growth progression. Aww. And I mean, well, you know, cool. that's, that's kind of a really cool idea. Where, okay. get, where is that white rabbit door? 
It's right between Alice and the Alice's ride and the Mad Hatter shop. Mm-hmm. It's right along the side of the building there. And it's just a little door. It's right across from the teacups. I'm gonna have to look for that. And it's really I mean, cute, and it's very it's very eighteen to, to eighteen months to three year old sized. And do they enter the Mad Hatter shop through that door? No, it's just, no, it's just a door. Okay. It's just a fun little door with a little walk-up, and kids love to go there and and play, and you know, because it's their size. Okay, I'm gonna have to to look for that door. Okay, and Wayne, what is what is what do you think? You know, I I unfortunately am really out of my element here. I just um, I I haven't had the the experience to take that many little ones um, in stroller age through theme parks. Um, I'm going to have to respectfully um, abstain. <laughs> you ran a stroller to carry all your things you've purchased <laughs> around in. For Duffy. <laughs> he, took the, he took the safe. Uh, okay, and Tony, I know, I, you know, for once, not all about you. What do you say? No, um, I, I think the stroller That's issue right. is a depends on the kid and your family. And um, it's like a answer. No, 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 but it does. I don't. I used to be like, oh, I can't believe that kid's in the stroller. But you don't know. You don't know right. why they're in the stroller yeah. or what. You know. I'm, I, I've changed to the whole idea of, you know, I'm spending thousands of dollars if I want my kid in a stroller, so I don't have to, I mean, you don't know, you don't know what, what, it, I used to, you know what, um, when, uh, um, on the Orlando podcast when John and Kevin used to talk about wheelchairs, it changed my perspective. And then when I brought my mom in a wheelchair, it changed my perspective. Strollers, I used to have this total judgmental view on certain people of certain ages and that kid's too big and, you know what? It's not my place to say. I don't know. Whatever. If, if it, if you want to bring a stroller and that's going to work for your kid, then bring it because it's your vacation. I, I have uh, some, you know, I have several cousins who come out from Texas and this particular family, their daughter was five years old and that was the first time I had seen a five year old in a stroller or had paid attention to a five year old. And it sure did save the, the family so that they could enjoy their day longer because she got tired. So instead of stopping, they were able to plunk her in the stroller and keep walking. And everybody, she wasn't cranky. Her parents weren't cranky because they're trying to deal with a tired child. And I think we were just able to enjoy our, our visit so much more, you know, because of it. So if anybody who wants to read the thread, you can read um, some pretty strong um, opinions on both both ways. And some people even put in links, like if you're coming um from out of town and you want to rent a stroller for two two children there's links in the thread that so just go ahead and re, um, read through it and respond accordingly we'd love to get some participation even though the thread's already several pages long but um it's always good when we have people weighing in with their thoughts excellent thank you mary joe that is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch our other Disneyland segments this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. <laughs>